0: single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone. But you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the single parent advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacy Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Welcome back. Thank you once again for joining us. This is the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. I am Daryl Moody. We're joined again by the Single Parent Advocate, Stacey Poitras. She's there at the uh, beautiful SPA Studios in Dallas. A special thank you to the folks at the Venture X Louisville, the Realm at Castle Hills. And she's joined in studio this week uh, with Lori Beard. She's a life coach from the Dallas area. Uh, Before we get into introducing Lori Uh, Stacey, bring us up to date with everything going on there with the nonprofit. I know we're just a few weeks away from, uh, national single parent day and the all important golf tournament there in Dallas.
1: I am just totally pumped Daryl. I've had so many different businesses come alongside single parent advocate for our inaugural golf outing. Um, we have all of the Louisville chamber of commerce supporting us as well as, you know, area, uh, businesses, volunteers, it's going to be totally great. We have a couple of celebrities coming in to golf with us. I think we have only just a very few positions available for whole sponsorships and, um, you know, we're planning the run of show. And one of my favorite things is that here in Dallas, there's a guy who, uh, has a business called I put better and he has made, our has two different devices that helps everybody learn to putt better and so he's going to be on site and just it, the frenzy is all 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 aware so everybody can hop on singleparentadvocate.org go to the events tab and you can see who's jumped in as sponsors we've got boatloads of raffle prizes and the hole-in-one sponsorship is really shaped up we did solidify that I uh, golfers will get a chance to win a 2022 Jeep Cherokee from Huffines. And uh, so that's been all the buzz lately. And then, um, you know, I it's a golf tournament and it's going to be great.
0: How many is your field of players set?
1: Yeah, we're going to have um, 60 players so far, but we can go up to 72. Um, we have mostly uh, foursomes coming in with, a, you know, probably about, you know, 10 more Capable. I think uh, we have the whole course, so we could go up to 120 golfers. So we've made our minimum commitments in terms of the numbers of golfers. But you know, as people want to join in and everything, they they totally can. We set a very affordable price. Uh, it's only five hundred dollars to come and golf. And we're going to have an air cannon out there, closest to the pin, longest drive. Uh, we've got boatloads of swag that's been sponsored by area businesses like Community Med or Liberty Tax, um, just even Cato offices. Just so many different people have stepped in and and said, you know what, this matters to us and we want to support you. So great.
0: And obviously, if anybody wants to sign up or, or, or look at those sponsorship opportunities, singleparentadvocate.org. OK, we are limited for time. Uh, this week. So let's jump right in with our our guest for this week. Her name is Lori Beard. Like I said, she's a life coach there from Dallas. Uh, She's also a self-published author, professional speaker, podcaster, and facilitator. Uh, Last but not least, which is probably more impressive than any of those job titles, she's a mother of eight. And she's got her own single parenting story to share with us. Uh, Lori, I understand you uh, were raised by a single parent. I was, thanks Daryl
2: and Stacey for having me. And yes, I was raised by my beautiful and fantastic mother. She's a fighter. And for 11 years um, of my life, she she was divorced. She was the breadwinner and she would go out and work hard to, I'm the youngest of four. So to maintain us and to give us a very decent, wonderful life.
0: And, and as a kid, you know, Did you ever feel like having a single parent? Do you ever feel like maybe you uh, got a bad hand in life, that sort of thing?
2: Well, there was always something missing, right? And um, some people say, well, I didn't know any better or any different. But in my case, of course, I knew because my mother's emphasis or pursuit to race as well. And I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. My mom wanted to give us a private school opportunity and education, so she was a teacher and she was employed by this private school. And we were not of the same religion as the private school, and we were the di- she was divorced, so we kind of um, stuck out of the crowd, right? And all those teachers there were just working because they just wanted something to do, supposedly. And my mom was the only one divorced that needed the job, you know? So yeah, we always, or I always felt like there's something missing. It's kind of obvious that we are breaking the norm here of this little micronucleo here. So I always felt that. And not that the teachers or the personal or their staff there at the school wanted to kind of ingrain it or make me feel like less, but sometimes the way they addressed me came across like that. And once again, that was my perception, which is my truth, my reality. So, um, And also I remember me and my siblings or my siblings and myself like sitting around and thinking, what if, you know, if we would have have." my dad, you know, our dad here, you know, we would have been better off, you know, well off or instead of struggling, you know, as a little child, we perceive, we sense these things, these differences. And, we know, like I say, we were kind of limping because once and my grandma was with us, which is a blessing. She was an asset. She was basically the housewife because then my mom was the breadwinner in that sense. And she did amazing. I think I, I, I want to label her my first coach and mentor. She was always so straightforward, giving me so much wisdom and sharing that with all of us. Um, Another thing that really affected me also coming from this background, right, was like, was I not good enough for my dad to stick around? That was a big one for me. But I know I've given a long answer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: no everybody's story is different and and, you know like i said this is kind of how we open up our, our conversation with our guests as we you know have you tell us your single parent uh story now as a life coach what was it about your upbringing in a single parent household that made you want to do something with your life like helping people and and did that affect your work ethic
2: well great question it's loaded So (laughs) let me see if I can break it down. Well, first of all, it's like my mom was divorced. My grandma was divorced. And there were my aunts were having problems in their marriages. And eventually one of them got a divorce. And I think the other one, too, at the end, they kind of worked it out and were together. But I don't think there was ever like another ceremony to make it official that they were together again. But, um, yeah, so... I saw that growing up. I saw that these male figures, nothing against male. I, I love men and they're great. I've been married for 28 years. But this particular male figures were messed up. They had addictions, whether to, you know, to sex or to alcohol or whatever, and some tendencies that were obviously not good for them to keep a sustainable marriage. And these strong women in my life um, showed me that you can do whatever. It doesn't matter about your circumstances. You can just rise and shine and thrive. And that's my mom. That was my aunt. That was my grandma in different ways, right? Some showed more strength or strength in some areas than others. My mom was the work ethics and the desire to progress and move forward and get an education to the point of she had a doctor's degree and she made an, a second master's degree. <laughs> Academically, she was a great example. My grandma, it was more the moral compass and the matriarch of the house. And um, my aunt, so much wisdom and also fighting for her her children by herself. Anyway, so moving forward and fast forward to more recent years, you know, my eighth baby started kindergarten. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? All I wanted to do growing up was to be a mom, a devoted mom following that example of my grandma and then seeing that my mom had to do what she had to do. I was like, I miss my mom, right? Being home full time. Summers were great because she was a teacher. So it was just mommy time and it was great, but I missed that. Right. So that's what I wanted to give to my children. But after that season passed, you know, I said, what can I do? That is kind of like a short realistic thing for me to accomplish and do serving the community and I found out about this wonderful program where I got my certifications as a life coach, also uh, as a clinical hypnosis practitioner, and the rest is history. I've been doing that for six, seven years, and having fun helping women or CEOs, business owners, to step, step, steadfast and forward, like the name of my my business, into their greatness.
0: Well, tell us about your business there in Dallas. What do you, what do you do? How do you how do you help people through what they're going through?
2: So usually people, or my ideal client is somebody that knows they have a potential or they used to be something or someone, right? They were very happy with a successful life or season of their lives, but something has blocked them from moving forward. And like I say, you can shove all that under the rug, right? But if you don't deal with your emotions, if you don't deal with your traumas or grieving, that's, you know, it's going to get to a point where that rug or carpet, you're going to step on it and stuff is going to come out because it's so stuffed and there's going to get a point where it's it's going, something's going to give and it's going to manifest in your behavior, in your relationships, in your business, in your professional life. And those are my ideal clients. My ideal clients are the people that are done with that. They may have done traditional therapy or they want to avoid that because of the stigma, And then they just find a life coach and they say, I need your help. With the clinical hypnosis aspect, they say, I want you to get into my head. (laughs) Some people run away from that. And uh, because some people have the misconception that I read minds and that's not what I do. Uh, Hypnosis is not mind control either. But the ones that are open minded that do their research they call me, they do a discovery session and ask me all the questions there and I let them know what I do and they sign up and the rest is history. They feel the progress. They feel like their life have meaning again and purpose, whether that's just life coaching or also clinical hypnosis.
1: One of the things that you talked to me about last week, Lori, was about how uh, the difference between once you discover or decide for yourself that counseling or life coaching is something you need and are open to, there's a difference between when you go the more traditional route and then when you really need to get beneath the layers with your other part of your practice with the uh, hypnosis. Can you kind of tell us and the listeners a little bit about, you know, why you would step outside of more of a traditional discussion and uh, training and then move into a hypnosis type of a thing without kind of going too deep into it
2: yeah so let me know if I'm answering I understand the question is maybe like what are the differences or how to decide when whether- when
1: when would you as a as a practitioner or a life coach mm-hmm. change direction or recommend this other okay. layer of 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 treatment. So the big difference
2: is that some, some of my clients, like I said, have gone through many years of therapy and then they don't know how to articulate anymore. They don't know how to express themselves with words anymore about what they're feeling, what they're doing, what's their behaviors or what's happening inside of them. And they feel like they've hit this plateau with their therapist. Right. And then they want something different. They want a different approach and they come find me. I'm like, okay, as long as you, I cannot diagnose, right? As a life coach, I cannot diagnose emotional or mental health issues. I cannot. So those are my limitations. And then, um, but if they have been treating those somewhere else and they want this different approach, this is great because then I help them with my modality, with with the life coaching approach, which is, can I explain it as a fitness coach or a sports coach, the coach knows and sees after assessing the sports person or the athlete, right, their potential, their strength, their, their weakness, and then they see the potential they, they have, and they work as a guide to help them with these tools that will uh, asset, uh, assist them in progressing and getting to the ultimate goal they want, then the other component of what I do is the clinical hypnosis. So there's a client that don't know how to articulate anymore, etc. cetera, what they're feeling. And that's when subconscious work comes to play as an amazing tool to help them get those things out of their mind that are there blocking them, et cetera, to help them move forward. So hypnosis has like four steps to it in a session the life coaching or the pre-hypnotic interview happens to decide okay what is the emotion or what is what is blocking you or tormenting you or whatever then we decide what the goals are I help them with an induction which is to help with my voice calm them down and get to uh, the second step which is the relaxation and then I go on with the suggestions they can be very literal Or they can be um, like with visualization, like guided guided imagery, meaning I want you to imagine you're in your best place where you feel comfortable. Imagine that you're at the beach and the waves are going to wash away, whatever. It sounds kind of corny. It sounds kind of, (laughs) but in life, we work a lot with metaphors and symbolism. And if the person is open-minded to allow this to help, it really works. And then after the suggestions comes the um, execution or the manifestation, like, OK, the person gets the result. They want it, whether that is release, relieving themselves, releasing all the anger, releasing the trauma or understanding some different aspects of it so they can just understand that that was then and this is now and they can move forward with their lives.
1: You know, that's really even a lot of meditation that sounds really similar to a lot of meditation and, and certainly you know through the last few years there's been a huge um focus on mental wellness and you know self-care in this uh, whole mental well-being necessity that we've had just to get through covid and all of the things going on in the world um Certainly, you know, I've had counseling, Daryl and I both talk about, you know, that we've been in counseling, um, more traditional counseling, you know, and I have a lot of families that I talk with, uh, single families that, you know, are stuck. I mean, we all get stuck. And I think you, you said the word stigma a minute ago, the stigma about counseling. I wonder about how much of that stigma is our own. Right. And how much stig- of that stigma is, you know, outside of ourselves, you know, it, uh, you know, going into new territory with our hearts and our minds is, um, you know, it's like vitamins for your brain kind of, you know, in your heart. I don't know, Daryl, do you have anything to add about that?
0: Well, I was uh, what I wanted to ask Lori was, you know what are some of the warning signs that we should look out for so that when, so to realize, okay, maybe I do need to seek counseling. What, what are some of those, what are some of those signs?
2: Great question, Daryl, because even with my preparation, with what I do at some point into this journey, I also needed to do counseling myself, the traditional one because I wasn't able to find a hypnotherapist um, in my area that I agreed with the methodology, et cetera. So I did, EMDR and that's an amazing uh, modality. EMDR stands for Eye Movement des- Desensitization and Reprocessing. Research it.
0: I have some experience with that. I had a therapist who really uh, dove in with that, and and I'm and I'm in there. And if I understand correctly, you're holding these paddles, and each one buzzes in a rhythm, and you do that to kind of trick your mind going to go into. Uh, the state of mind you're in when you're asleep. And the idea is you want to trigger these subconscious uh, memories and emotions and feelings, and then kind of, I, 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 Stacy, this isn't going to come as a surprise to you. I never, (laughs) I never, uh, I never accomplished that level of Zen with my therapist. I don't know what it is. I just couldn't really, I couldn't go to that place emotionally You know just like all i could think about was was that i'm holding these you know paddles so i did i never did the
2: paddles mine offers uh headsets with with a noise that uh activates both side of the brain hemispheres okay so maybe you should look into uh, an emdr practitioner that does um mine has either or i've never even wanted to try the paddles and i'm like ah the headsets thing uh, makes more sense and it's worked for me and it's amazing but to answer Daryl's questions, uh, so either you, yourself, being redundant here and emphatic is what I'm, what I'm saying, you, yourself realize, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling joy in my life. I am a mess. I am a scattered all over the place. And if you yourself accomplish that and, and are humble enough to admit that you need help, that's a wonderful first step that's not the normal one that's not the most common one another another answer to to Daryl's question is how do you know you need help is if your loved one a spouse a daughter a loving mother not 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 because it's antagonistic and you have a power struggle here is telling you that you need help lately here I thought I had you know my journey figured out and doing homework for my certifications, et cetera, helped me. And it was a great first step for awareness and for me to be better. And I'm like, okay, the teachers were like, if you're going to be coaches to heal, right, you need to heal yourself first. So I thought I was, you know, all set because I'm helping people. As it turned out, my adult daughter told me, mom, I think it's time. And when I heard that from her, it was kind of like a slap on my face and it kind of hurt my feelings. But then I realized, okay. If this loving daughter we have a great relation relationship but she was seeing other things and she has mental health issues too and and she's been learning a lot and she's done beautifully with herself her husband told her you're um, you're not the same person i married something is going on after she had all her like some of her babies i'm going out of town this week because she's gonna have her baby number four so i'm a grandma too (laughs) so she um he's the one that made her aware she started treatment and it's been Great for her, and now she's learned something. She's kind of more equipped not to diagnose the rest of the family, but to realize certain patterns. And then she's told me, "Mom, I think you need to you need help. It's time for you." And I'm like, "Okay," and I went, and it's been such a blessing. And EMDR, like Daryl, you know, has experience. No, but me in my experience, it's been amazing. And the same, like some traditional therapy doesn't work for some people, or hypnosis doesn't work for some people. But you have to be aware, listen to those around you that love you and nag you maybe, and you get mad, but maybe it's because they love you It's because they're, that's why they're telling you. And listen, 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 and then find your answer, whether that's a life coach, hypnosis, EMDR, therapist, whatever it is, but it's so worth it. And I want you to think about this. Like Stacy was saying, she liked the word stigma. I hear this with veterans. I hear this uh, first responders like police officers and things like that people from the army from the military teachers that you I've heard this from everybody oh no if somebody knows I'm going through to a shrink or you know I'm getting help you know it's gonna affect my my job or whatever no nobody needs to know number one number two if if now nowadays I think there's more awareness about men- mental health I mean celebrities I mean uh, lots of lots of people are coming out coming out of the closet, you know, to well, say I, that
1: they need help. They've needed the help. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it's now more of a stigma to not be self-aware, right? <laughs> if you're not working on being self-aware and on your mental we- wellness, it's gotten to the point to where I think we, you know, are being irresponsible, but now as a culture, We know it, you know, um, I don't tell this story very often, but my mom, uh, was mentally ill. Uh, she had uh, manic depression is what they called it at the time, which is bipolar now. And she was addicted to, uh, Valium. And I was raised in a home that, you know, it was tumultuous and, um, you know, when that early time in your life is composed of some kind of thing that you carry with you. And it always does, you know, your, your uh, seeds are sown in your brain. I'm learning by the time you're, you know, certainly by the time you're five or six with, with your worldview, with how you survive, it just gets sown into your skin and, you know, never undo that, but you learn how to deal with it and navigate life with it better. And um, so, you know, I've had to work on on all of that. You know, and it's it's just a thing. I mean, has it been worth it though? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I um, I'm in the middle of it right now. You know, so I think you know us, Daryl and I talked about you know, oh wow, well, let's just make counseling our topic for March, and I wanted to be authentic about this journey with my extended family here you know and just share it because i think it's rewarding to say hey you know what i'm going through something and i'm getting some great help and let's explore it together because there may be others out there that you know are are on that same teeter-totter you know you described it very very well but i call it a, a teeter totter you know it's like oh am i okay am i not okay if i don't know the answer to that question and i'm on that teeter totter raise your hand you Let's know find I, out yeah and 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 don't worry about it being a stigma the stigma is if you're not brave enough if you're not open enough if you're not willing at least for your 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 the wellness of your home and your family setting to, to take a look, then that's the sign. The the sign is that you can't decide, do I need help or do I not? And I like the, what you said about the, the loving family and friends around us that, that encourage us. Well, and sometimes it's not that loving because,
2: because of all this conflict and our behaviors or et cetera, there's conflict in the relationships and there's fights or there's arguing, and it might not be very loving to be honest. Like, yeah, like, yes, because there's people that love us and care enough for us to tell us, right? But it might be like somebody that's just done with you. Somebody that's done with you. Like, no, I can't do this anymore. Unless, you know, my son-in-law was wonderful enough to say, I'm I'm out. Unless you do something about this. You, You take care of this. And life has changed for them. And it's not like he was mean or he gave her an ultimatum. He wasn't a professional to try to figure her out, to understand her. And it's been amazing the difference that it's made. And um, for me, too, I mean, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, financially, of course, we all need to make sure that we can afford it. But this is my philosophy. If you can afford all these other things to try to be happy or compensate. Right. There's all this beauty stuff. There's all this. um, Toys for guys or things for women that we like, I don't know, you name it, you do know where you spend your money, right? But this is an investment on you, on yourself, to shine your light, to discover your purpose and your be intentional about life in general instead of allowing life to happen to you. You make life happen, right? So um, ah, there was something else I wanted to mention that is... Um, the journey is definitely worth it. If it comes back to my mind, I'll say it. <laughs> but the journey is worth it. Um, if if you're doing okay and you just go for a couple of sessions, hey, your counselor would tell you, your professional will tell you, hey, you're fine. This is this was circumstantial. It only it's gonna take us one more you know session, and you you're good to go. Hey, great. But um, to deny ourselves of that opportunity. To grow, to have somebody see, have a bird's eye view of from the
1: outside in, it's just priceless. Especially if they're trained and they've studied, and, and it's a sound, a sound sounding board. Yes. You know? um, I think sometimes we go to our friends, you know, yeah. and we say, "What do you think? What do you think?" Or people around us that we trust or value their opinions, but those aren't professional opinions. Um, they aren't trained to see the normal processes and uh, things that a human mind and a human heart goes, go through. Um, And so there can be feedback that's misinformed if that's our only resource. Or partial or, you know, or biased. you you know, yeah, a little blinded, but you know, just not trained. And, And so, but there's also a lot of, uh, counseling uh groups out there that um you know will help on a pay scale if if money is tight and it's not that you're (laughs) spending your money on coping behaviors um if you're spending your money on taking care of keeping the lights on and keeping your children fed and clothed uh, there are resources for uh you know counseling that people can afford you know sometimes it's it's not as close to you as you'd like. I've noticed that there's uh, more and more zoom therapies and things like that right. available. And it's just worth exploring. I, I just wanted to, to broach the topic today, Lori, and I wanted to thank you for joining us and being so authentic. Um, you know, we love uh, our community around us, and you're certainly a big part of that. And oh, I appreciate you. you for joining us. So Daryl, we're getting ready to wrap. What would you say?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I have questions about what the whole hypnosis therapy process looks like. I mean, I would imagine that's a series of meetings, you know, put me under one time. And, and you know, uh, what does that look like?
2: Yeah. So I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, some things that I kind of remembered. Stacey, thank you for having me here. Thank you for also sharing your story. Like Daryl asked me, what's your single parent story, right? We also have a mental health story, Right. Like, whether people that we love or are around us or ourselves, or we've witnessed it with a neighbor, whatever it is, we all also have a mental health story. So, I appreciate you sharing that, Stacy, and being so authentic too. And um, yeah, so, I have no, a hypnosis session with me, Daryl, or like, what does that look like, or like the general information about it, or what? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, user error was the reason why my EMDR, EMDR sessions didn't work with my uh, counselor. But, you know, if somebody comes, if somebody doesn't know about hypnosis and they come into your office, what does a hypnosis, a hypnosis therapy session look like? What do you do?
2: Yeah. So we have this interview, that pre-hypnotic interview to agree on the goals. Okay. What's tormenting you? What's what's weighing heavy on your shoulders if the person says grieving okay so we talk about that and we say, what is the opposite of grieving what would you like to experience instead okay whether that's anger or whatever, whatever it is and it's usually emotions it boils down to an emotion and i have a list of emotions to help them figure it out because so many times they don't even know but and after we decide that i say hey, let's just work with this and what is your goals? Okay, so you would want to accomplish peace or you would like to accomplish for you to understand your purpose in life. So that's when I mentioned earlier, like we go into the induction for the person to experience relaxation. For, and then that's when I come in with the suggestions. Okay, painting the picture for this person to imagine it in, in their screen of their imagination with a very hypnotic voice for the person to get to this relaxing mode and or the Zen mode that you mentioned, Daryl. And then after the suggestions, which can be in, in the form of a script, okay? So let's climb this mountain of freedom. You want to feel free. And you're holding or you're carrying this backpack that you think is going to help you get to the top of the mountain. But as it turned out, this backpack has in it contents that is inhibiting you to get to the top of the mountain. Take your time. Imagine that you see a campfire and take your time to unpack whatever is not necessary from that backpack, whatever negative memories, emotions, and then unpack and take your time and let me know when you're ready. The person gives me a cue or something. We get to that mountain of freedom with my suggestions, with my voice, and at the end, the person gets to the top, and I make sure the person gets to the top. And then that's where we celebrate, where where I anchor in new information for the person to understand that they have a world and a life full of opportunities and possibilities in front of them. And then I wrap it up and uh, bring the person back, you know, and snap my fingers. (laughs) And then the person kind of gets into the present moment again, opens their eyes, becomes alert. And I like the pre-hypnotic interview. Because that's when they tell me about their journey. And it's so beautiful to know what people do with their creative minds to go through that event, that experience in their imagination, and then come back and tell me, wow, I feel like 20 pounds lighter. I feel less pressure on my chest. I feel less pounding on my head. I mean, we haven't even talked about physical symptoms. But usually the the norm is that the person... Let's me know that they feel some kind of relief, physical, emotional, mental, and they're ready to shine. And then that's how it, it looks for a hypnotic session, Daryl. I don't know if I painted the picture well enough, but...
0: <laughs> uh, you made me want to go to steadfast-forward.com and sign up for a session. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> let's schedule it. <laughs> I feel like I'm ready to climb that mountain.
2: Very good. That's, that's a beautiful script. It's called the mountain of freedom. We have the the wall of fear where the person just gets to tumble, you know, or break or destroy a wall, whatever it's made of. I mean, Daryl and Stacy, you if we love our cell phones, this microphone we're talking through, this computer, these ideas came to pass because it was in somebody's imagination before they were able to hold it in their hands. Be every invention, every idea, for good or bad, it starts in your mind, and the mind is so powerful. It can destroy, or it can build, it can rebuild, it can heal. I mean, and that is my message. That's what I do with hypnosis, and if you don't want hypnosis, that's what I try to instill with my power, with my physiology, my energy. If you only want to do life coaching, that's what I do. Like my one one new client that I have, she's only been to her first session, and first session's our very deep assessments, et cetera. So I check in with her and she's like, oh, now I'm motivated to do this, to do that. And I'm like, okay, great. And it was only life coaching. So I just love what I do. And yes, if you want to, anyone listening wants to go to Steadfast, what is it, (laughs) Daryl? You have it in front of you?
0: Steadfast-forward.com. You're
2: welcome to do so and schedule a discovery call with me.
1: Well, that's just awesome. Thank you so much, Lori Beard, for joining us and being our new friend. And, um, you know, my challenge to all of us out there is to open our hearts and minds to the help we may need getting over life's bumps and bruises. And with that, I think that we will call this one a wrap, Daryl.
0: Great show, ladies.
1: Thanks for having me, you guys.